My name is Brian Anthony Davis, and I am the podcast producer here at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It is June. It is warm. Nobody's thinking about football. <laughs> Wrong. We are thinking about it 24-7 at BTSC. Here at BTSC, you are going to hear all kinds of podcasts. There's over 19 original shows every single week. When the season rolls around, there might be a little bit more, but each and every day, even though it's June, you're going to hear it at BTSC. Even though it's June, you're going to read so many articles on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, so definitely check those out. If you have not heard it, go ahead back and check out this morning's show, which was Jeff Hartman and Let's Ride, another great Monday episode. Last night, we had We Run the North with Kevin Tate. That was a YouTube show. You could also check it out anywhere where you download podcasts. Talking about the AFC North, you also have Tony Defio and Jeremy Betts. They took care of the one and only Sunday night Q&A. It was their time around, so check those shows out too. If you missed any of these great shows throughout the week, you definitely got to go ahead and type in BTSC wherever you download your favorite podcast. And there you have it. Voila. You can go back to hear one of my bad shows from 2016 when I first got into podcasting. Eh, Blog Talk Radio wasn't quite the same, but now it's so much better. You can say, wow, bad. You have changed. You've gotten a tiny bit better. And I'll take that because that's a compliment that I would not mind having. With that being said, it is time to tackle bad language. And you know bad language. It's me, Brian Anthony Davis, and it's me being a little bit narcissistic and just throwing out my views. It's kind of like a sermon. It's kind of like me preaching. I do apologize for that, but then again, I don't because it's my opinion. You have your own opinion. And let me tell you this. Do not let anybody tell you that your opinion is not valid because it so definitely is. We don't have to have the same opinions. We just have to be courteous enough to listen to one another and say, hmm, maybe they've got a point. And that is the great thing about fandom. And that's what being a good fan is all about. So in the words of Tone Loke, let's do it. Or I understand there's a, uh, a hip hop artist called Da Baby, which my scouts have called me Da Brian because I would go around and go, let's go. So there we go. Let's go. Let's do this. We are going to have so much fun on bad language. So here it is. There's so much excitement surrounding 2022, but there's also so much pessimism. Hey, heck, I don't blame anybody for being pessimistic about this season, but I don't blame you for being optimistic as well. And my job today is to tell you why I'm so optimistic and why I can think it could be a great season. Why I think it could rival possibly 2017, one of the best seasons in Steeler history in the last 10 years or so. Now, why am I bringing up 2017? Because it really hasn't been the same. The Steelers have not won a playoff game since 2017. Well, actually, the last time they won a playoff game was after the 2016 season, but they were in the playoffs. They were 13-3, and three, and that was a really good team. But things happened. 
the defense was very good. Then Ryan Shazier went down. And that devastated that entire team. Then they could not stop anybody. But they had some personalities in the locker room that were clashing. It was the beginning of the end of Le'Veon Bell. It was the beginning of the end of Antonio Brown, even though that would not happen until another season passed by. It was a rookie year of Juju Smith-Schuster. So many things. Ben Roethlisberger was relatively healthy the whole season. He played 15 games. But that 13-3 and season did not really amount to a hill of beans when you lose to Jacksonville in stunning fashion, getting blown out in the playoffs. Actually getting blown out by the Jags twice that season. And Ben Roethlisberger threw a lot of interceptions in those games. So why do I think the Steelers could be better? Ben Roethlisberger, their Hall of Fame quarterback, is gone. I get it. He's gone. But can they make things up? Can they get back there? And they're definitely reloading. Yes, they have a change at quarterback. The first time since 2004 when Ben Roethlisberger was a rookie. Tommy Maddox goes down. He gets cracked by the Baltimore Ravens. And Ben Roethlisberger comes in. The rest is history. He is the offensive rookie of the year in the NFL. Leads them to the AFC Championship game. But his numbers were pedestrian because they had a very good running game. Steelers did not have a good running game last year. But they had a 1,200-yard rusher. And if the offensive line can move some people, then they could be good again. So there's so many things to look at. We don't know if Kenny Pickett is going to have to come in just like Ben Roethlisberger did. We don't know if it's going to be to the chagrin of the offensive line and the rest of the veterans on the team like it was for Alan Fanica and company back in 2004. It wasn't for long. Just a year later, they're champions of the world. So that's a good thing. But we just don't know what is absolutely going to happen. But what we do know is that this is the same organization that knows how to make magic, even though there's a lot of turnover. Not the same coach, not the same general manager, but the general manager did build the team. But the guy that's the general manager now, Omar Khan, is still there. So once again, so much to talk about. I'm going to go ahead and go back across the pond, which I haven't done for a couple of weeks. And I want to talk to Owen David and get his perspective on this as we go ahead and check out Britsburg Owen and see what he thinks about the Steelers in 2022 opposed to 2017. Hey, bad. In the words of Tuzar Skipper, I'm back. Sorry for the bad American accent, guys. So, guys, why can't the 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers be as good as the 2017 Pittsburgh Steelers? Remember those 27 Steelers going 13-3, and having 10 Pro pro Bowlers and four All-Pros. Guys, those All-Pros, A.B., Le'Veon Bell, David DeCastro, and Cam Haywood. Cam's still here, man. Cam is still here and still amazing. Why can't we be like those 2017 Steelers. You know, there's pro bowlers. We're looking at Le'Veon Bell, Chris Boswell, still here, AB, David DeCastro, Cam Haywood, Roosevelt Nix, Marquise Pouncey, Ben Roethlisberger, Ryan Shazier, who I love, and Alejandro Villanueva. Guys, I am psyched. I am stoked. I am proper optimistic for this 2022 season. Guys, there is no reason why we can't emulate that 
season where they were unfortunate to lose the, to a Miles Jack inspired who we've now got Jacksonville Jags in the divisional round. Guys, I think we could even get to the divisional round this year. Call me a homer. Can we take my black and gold goggles off? Call me Jeff Hartman Jr. Senior. I'm not quite sure whether I'm older or younger than him. But guys, I really believe that this 2022 Steelers team is set up to be successful this year. Forget what all those doom merchants and naysayers say out there, the Colin Cowherds of this world. Pittsburgh Steelers have got an elite defense this year. Minka tied down to a new contract, now stable, now ready to establish himself as a Steeler great. We've got Kazee, we've got Edmonds, we've got Levi Wallace, we've got Akella Witherspoon, Cam Sutton. Guys, that's depth at cornerback, depth at safety. We've got Brian Flores inspiring the defense. We've got the very clever, very smart Terrell Austin managing that defense. We've got TJ, the defensive player of the year. We've got Alex Highsmith on the other side who wants to have that breakout year. We've got Tyson back. We've got Cam. We've got Wormley, Loudermilk. That defense is ready to go off, guys. You know what? You can talk all you want about Jerry Bungle and uh, all those other quarterbacks in the AFC North, but if they're in the dirt, they can't throw the ball. And as for the offense, full of young weapons, guys. Chase Claypool, George Pickens, who is a dog. We've got Najee Harris, who I think is going to go further this year, 1,800, 2,000 yards. We've got... Deontay Johnson. We've got Pat Freymuth, who could potentially be as good as Travis Kelsey. An offensive line that's been improved with the acquisitions of Mason Cole and James Daniels. Quarterbacks in Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, who are more mobile, more able to throw on the run, more able to make this Matt Canada system work. This Steeler team can emulate that 2017 team. We can get to the playoffs and we can win in the playoffs. Here we go, Steelers. Come on! Oh, and thank you so much for that insight. Fantastic stuff. We will talk to you again in the future. Once again, 2017, that was a 13-3 and year. It just did fall apart because of many reasons. This is a different team, though, in 2022, but it can be successful. First and foremost, before you think I'm crazy, I do not think the 2022 Steelers are a 13-3 team. Well, there's no way they can be a 13-3 team unless you're counting the first 16 games of the season because it's now a 17-game season. I get that. But what this team could be could be a team that goes 10-7, and 11-6, and six, and is very successful because when you add that extra game in, like the NFL did, you're going to have extra losses even by the best teams. That's definitely going to happen. It is so much harder to have that extra game in there. So many things occur. You have more injuries. You have to spread things out. You have that extra out-of-the-conference game, which the Steelers have a tough one in Philadelphia where they have not won since 1965, which anytime I mention that game, you hear me say 1965. I'm going to say it ad nauseum, especially Halloween weekend when that happens. Man, I'd like to go to that game. Anybody has Philly tickets in Philly, hook me up. I'm not that far from there, about three hours. It's just like me going to a Steelers game, but I'd love to see it in Philly. Might get beat up though. That's a rough place. They've got a jail in the stadium, and I don't know if they have one in the new one in Lincoln Financial, but they did at the old vet. That's bad if you have to have a jail. Those people are crazy. 
I've been to that stadium once, but it was for a New Orleans Saints game against the Eagles in 2003. The Eagles were, that was another one of their years when they went to the NFC Championship game. But for me, I just sat there. I I just wore black and I, I rooted for the Eagles because uh, just to be courteous, even though I secretly hate the Eagles. But I had tickets and I went and the Steelers were awful that year. That was that Tommy Maddox year in 2003 where things did not go right. But what went right is they were bad enough to be able to be in position to draft Ben Roethlisberger. So it was good. But they were playing Cleveland and I think it was like a seven to six win over Cleveland. And I watched it on tape delay. But I felt so guilty, like I was cheating on the Steelers watching that game. Oh, my gosh, I hated that. But I digress. What the most important thing to talk to you about here is the Pittsburgh Steelers and 2022 being better than 2017. Is that a possibility? We're going to discuss that more when we get back after this break. From BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, it's a bad language. Welcome back to Bad Language. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. This is BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Remember to check out tonight The Hangover with me, B.A.D., Shannon White, Tony Defio, as we discuss the Steelers in June and getting ready for the 2022 season, kind of like we're talking about today. Also, tomorrow, Jeffrey Benedict in the cutting room floor, you're going to have The Fix, The Steelers Fix, it's with Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar, and tomorrow night, Dave and Rich Schofield with The Scobro Show. Check out all of those shows. And if you've missed any of those shows in the past, go ahead back. You can download them. They're good stuff, and you can catch up if you haven't heard these shows before. But don't miss them. They are great with a capital G. So with that being said, let's do this. 2017 was a 13-3 and year. We've discussed that. You had a great season by Le'Veon Bell. Ben Roethlisberger was accurate. He was actually pretty good. He had 28 touchdown passes that year. He had 14 interceptions. Five of them came against the Jacksonville Jaguars in week five. And that's when he came out and said, well, maybe I'm a cowboy that just can't do this anymore. Well, we knew what that meant. We knew that Ben was going to go ahead and go crazy once again and do well. But that was a team that scored points. That team scored 25.4 points per game. An average of about 25.4. Not bad. They haven't seen that a lot lately. You you would have thought that they would have. But they had it. Not since then. They were 8th of 32 in points for. Once again, 406 total points for that season. And they had prolific guys on that offense. As Owen said, yeah, they had 10 pro bowlers. But it's not about pro bowlers because you had an individual performance that was amazing by 
guys like Antonio Brown and guys like Le'Veon Bell, but they were not team players. They've proved that they're not team players. And this is more of a team concept in 2022. It's actually has to be. But when we look at the quarterback position, we just talked about Ben's numbers. And not only did Ben throw, once again, 28 against 14, he threw for 283.4 yards per game, which that's pretty decent. But we've seen it. Ben has been successful in the past, even if he's thrown about 240. You don't have to throw that 283.4, but you can be successful. Ben also was not sacked a lot. He was only sacked 3.6% of his dropbacks, which is pretty phenomenal. And the offensive line this year could be suspect. And Ben's ability to get out of trouble could be a reason why. The 4,251 yards, pretty good. He threw more in other seasons. He threw over 5,000 but they weren't as successful. So that for those 4,251 yards, when you look at it and you look at what could be a successful season out of either Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, it kind of falls on the whole team concept. Will the offensive line do well? Will the running back do well? And we're going to talk about the running back in a little bit. So you don't have to throw for 4,251. If you throw for about 3,000, in that 2,800 to 3,200 range, that's pretty darn good. As long as you're not throwing a lot of picks. As long as you can manage a game. Managing a game is not a bad thing. When we talk about game managers, people freak out about that. But really, what you've got to really think about is, why is it a big deal if somebody can manage a running back and manages receivers, and not be a gunslinger and a superstar. I don't think you have a gunslinger or a superstar in Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. But you have a potential, accurate, consistent, very good to great quarterback in those guys. You don't have to be all world. You've got to be all team. And that's the most important thing with these guys. So are Mitch and Kenny going to be Ben Roethlisberger? Is Mason Rudolph going to be Ben Roethlisberger? We don't know who the starting quarterback is, so that's a big thing. But no, they're not going to be. They're going to be Mitch and Kenny and Mason, and that's the most important thing. If you look at the running game, Najee Harris has the potential to be a superstar. He had a little over 1,200 yards last year. Le'Veon Bell that year had 1,291. Okay, he played in two less games. I get that. But also, Le'Veon Bell played against a better offensive line. And Najee was taking four-yard losses and making them into one-yard gains. But he was finding himself late in the season. He didn't really go through that rookie wall. He didn't hit that rookie wall at all. Najee Harris can catch the football. Le'Veon Bell was able to catch the football. Le'Veon Bell gave you 86.1 yards per game, 
What does Najee Harris give you? Well, he gives you last year about 70. But they expect so much more out of Najee than that 70.6. He also gave you 27.5 yards on receptions. What did you get from Le'Veon Bell? Well, you got a little bit more. You got maybe 10 more yards on receptions on Le'Veon Bell. From Le'Veon Bell, excuse me. And that was a big thing. But the Steelers have better receivers. I could actually say that they have better a better collection of receivers than what they had that year. Now, true, they had Antonio Brown that was all world, but Antonio Brown was cool and the, the rest of it was the gang. He was KC. The rest of them were the Sunshine Band. You know, or if I'm talking about today's, he was Chris Martin. The rest of the guys were Coldplay. Or Adam Levine and the rest of the guys are Maroon 5. All right, you get the gist. You know what I'm saying. Juju Smith-Schuster had a great rookie year. We're expecting that out of George Pickens, too. Martavis Bryant, well, in 2017, didn't give you a lot. Of course, you had those three guys. But then you had Eli Rogers. You had tight ends that weren't as good. You had Justin Hunter, who wasn't a tight end. He was a wide receiver. He he faltered. Darius Hayward Bay was there to be not really a wide receiver. He was there to be more of a kick returner, special, not, excuse me, not a kick returner, special teams maven. Yeah, that's what you got. But when you look at the receiving from these guys, you had 101 catches from Antonio Brown for 1533. You don't need a 1500 yard receiver. You need Deontay Johnson to give you about 11 to 1200. Juju Smith Schuster had 79 receptions for 917 yards. You need Chase Claypool to maybe give you that or a thousand. But You also have George Pickens, who's a rookie, that if George Pickens can give you around that same amount, then you're going to be pretty good. Now, maybe if George Pickens gives you 600, 700 yards, that's still great because the the next best receiver after those guys was a tight end. It was Jesse James, who was not a, excuse me, it was Martavis Bryant with 603, which was a disappointment. Then it was Jesse James with 372 yards. And you have better tight ends this year because you had Jesse James, Vance McDonald, who didn't come on until the end, and Xavier Grimble. Well, with Fryermuth and Gentry and whatever you're going to get out of Connor Hayward, you have the possibilities for a very good balanced offense that's going to be better than what you got in 2017. The defense, this is a good defense. Pittsburgh Steelers. It's not rife with superstars. It was not rife with superstars back in 
2017. You had the end of the road for James Harrison. You had the rookie year out of TJ Watt. Now TJ Watt's great. You have Cam being Cam, and he's still here. You don't have Stefan Tuitt. He's gone. You probably don't have Joe Hayden. And the reason I say probably, there's a part of me that thinks that he might end up coming back. But you might not even need him. Because with Levi Wallace, with Cam Sutton, with players like that, you have a potential to be so much better. Akello Witherspoon. There's that debate. A bunch of twos against one and a bunch of threes. You know, I'll take the bunch of twos at cornerback. Because I know that they're hungry. I know know that they're tough. I think Levi Wallace might be the acquisition that you didn't realize was so great. You do have the same coaching staff. Up top, not throughout, but up top, you have the same guy, Mike Tomlin, leading a new coaching staff. And that new coaching staff that he's leading has been around the block. And they know what they're doing. And they are not a me-first collective. They are a team-first collective. And that's the most important thing. If you can get that offensive line better, and James Daniels makes you better, Mason Cole is not going to be Marquise Pouncey, but he has an opportunity to make this team better than what they were last year. Kevin Dotson improves. You've got a good player. You get anything out of Chooksakora for better than last year, you have a decent situation there. Remember, you can't have superstars all throughout the roster, but if you have a team that knows how to be a team, then you are going to be a good team. And that's the bottom line to the whole thing. Once again, this 2022 season is not going to be a 13-3 and or a 14-3 and or a 13-4 and season. It's not. There's going to be some scratching. There's going to be some clawing. But that 2017 team knew they were good. And they underachieved. They should have been better than what they were. This is a team this year that shouldn't be as good as I think that they're going to be. But don't tell them that. They think they should be as good. And they're not relying on superstars on the offensive side of the ball. But we saw how those superstars sometimes implode because they can't work together. So if you got guys that can work together, then you're in awfully good shape there as well. So there's so many things to look at here. There is so much to be excited about with this 2022 team. They could be good. They could be 2017 good. They're not going to be in the regular season. But if they win that playoff game, that one wild card game that they couldn't win then, then they will be better. The key is to not just get to the playoffs. It's to advance in the playoffs. It's to win the whole thing. But to be better than 2017, you have to erase a great team that had a lot of bad luck and a great team that knew they were great 
but their heads got way too big for what they were trying to accomplish. That's why 2022 has the chance to be better because there's no eyes in this team or not as many eyes in this team as there were in 2017. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. You have been listening to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Remember to check out all those shows and then some. And make sure you check me out here next week at the same time. Once again, it's bad for bad language, and I ain't apologizing for nothing. Mm-hmm.